don't hate on this hybrid me. Do I scare you with my one million and one possibilities? I'm like a rainbow with so many colors, more than you can dissect in each other. Man, I'm confused by your withdrawal. Racist words, your hate most of all. Because if I recall, you came and searched for me. Bringing religions and new technology to a land that I once called free. You used all them Negroes to build your dreams. And your power went so far to your head, you decided to taste them and see. But did you realize one day they might ever be a me? Caramel-coated hybrid of the night I really don't care 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 the night. 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 
Oh. Uh-huh. 
Chango, un soro, dara, huele a luya, huele a cuco, oquete, aina, un soro abá.
process has starts here. Everybody forgot about the records themselves and was worried about the mixing. about the records themselves and was worried about the mixing and that's more about the ego um, that's fine but people like to mix and mixing is great blah, blah, blah. yeah that and it's important to learn how to do it but you're doing that only for um, the idea of continuous movement of, of, of rhythm that you want everyone to keep dancing or to keep continuous stream of love Sonics running in the area. You don't do it for the who and I the show of it. Um, in my opinion, there's a lot of different types of DJs, and I'll get to that too. But for me, in the way that I know, um, it hit me. Stop. It was the magic of playing music for people, and it being nonstop. process has starts here. Pick out as many different things that are natural to you, that organic to you, that draw you in specifically. And then later, you refine that process through listening. And then you present it to other people. That's DJ and that's selection. selection to me.
brilliant. It's a beautiful day in London, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's a lovely end of summer. Well, maybe not. Maybe there's a little bit longer to go. We are sort of just about to touch into September, and I've been joined by a couple of legends. You've just heard the mix because I thought what we do on this uh, particular special was to actually let the mix talk for itself, and then we can talk about the mix. Charisma at Jazz, um, otherwise known working title as exists, right? Yeah. Yes. So, um, well done. Thank you for coming in. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us, man. Should we start off with uh, with you, Martin, at Jazz? Yeah. Because otherwise it gets confusing when you've got people throwing. Yeah. We'll have a little overall chat about the world of uh, music and dance and uh, technology a little mm. bit later on. We can throw it in because I'm quite curious. But Because you're both, having just watched you together, I mean, this was an incredible mix because you've both got one side of this uh, um, set up each and you're playing one track each. Um, but the fiddling and the twisting and the remixing that's going on <laughs> on a quite a straightforward setup, mm. it seems to me. There's no laptops going on here, it's just no. USB and mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. So yeah, go on, tell me about it, uh, Martin. Tell me what, what what you just did. Well, Chris and I have been, we've done a fair few gigs together now, um, for about two years or so. Yeah. On and off, but like, some nice ones. And um, Chris knows his way around this kit a little bit better than I do, but... Um, you know, I like to think that I can hold it down as well a little bit. So getting more fiddly as time goes on, if you know what I mean. So I think it's down to the tune selection, really. You know, we, we work heavily with, with beats and not just straight house. You know, sometimes it's kind of very bouncy, the stuff that Chris plays. I can be a bit deep and subby and dubby. And I think quality-wise, I think they work quite well together. And um, so I can finish off a dub track the first song I played in the mix was uh, a remix I did for Sai Chi one of my artists and that's not yet released I don't know what we're going to do with it but um, I thought yeah we'll start with that because it starts slow and then build up and I'm sure Chris has got something choppy that he can bring in and, and after you've done it a few times in in big situations or whatever it just flows you, you, you kind of trust each other and you just get on with it and then you help each other as well you mm-hmm. think he's in a bit of trouble there I bet I just, I'm going to echo that on my side just to make sure he's got a little bit of space to move around and things like that. So, yeah, it's really organic. There's never been a, a struggle for us, is it? Not at all. Not at all. I like working with this young man. <laughs> oh, thanks, Chris. Young man. Love it. So if you were masters at work, which one's Kenny and which one's Louis? Who? Well, that would be Martin would be Louis. You know, he's yeah. the more musical guy. I'm, more beat laden and you know it's feeling for me but you know i think it works well because we're like-minded in the fact that we just love good music and that's what it's all about you know at at the top of it you know we wouldn't exist if it wasn't you know for the good music that both of us put out or we try to put out so i know it's a good balance and you know we have future plans and you know i'm looking forward to really working with this guy because not only have i found a musical partner but a good friend as well when you have this type of thing you need the friendship to work for the music to work because people get that i think still in music i still think believe there's a thing as what what is real in music now we can do hot stuff all day long but you know i think people really feel it when we're doing it from our heart or from a feeling they get that I think the sounds that we use, it's very much like jazz, it's, it's expressive and it's and it's emotional. And I think as soon as it stops being expressive and emotional, it starts to become dry and straightforward. And you play that in a C minor and that in an F major and then you've got a lovely song and put a guitar in it and it's in the top ten. We, we generate music from our guts. You know, I actually feel it, like, emotional talking about it. You know, it's like, it's inside, there's a fire burning somewhere. And I think... I know we're going to talk about South Africa later on, but it's in South Africa you see it happening. 
it's become this this emotional music has touched people, and they've they've accepted it for full one hundred percent. They've accepted it as their popular music, and I think that's amazing. And I can see the way that trends move in British scenes. That we have had sniffs at, you know, being able to make some money so that we can continue doing what we're doing. But it's so slow, and it comes back down, and it bubbles back up, and it comes back down. And I think that's why there's so many scenes fly through London. You know, you've got the bass line, then all of a sudden it's a wobbly bass line, and then it's then it's this and that, and then the kids are dancing to it, and then you've got to wear a cap like that. I think in South Africa people do not care; they just dance to music and really feel it. And so I, I think I think this kind of music can be popular. I just feel that、um, I feel that it's. It's too. It's it's not accessible enough for one, and that there are too many genres keep getting split off from it, and people just make it make it pop music too quickly. I just I don't think it's ever getting the chance to kind of breathe, if you know what I mean. About both of you, which I think is really important to make this point right now, is the fact that you have been doing this your way on your terms for definitely over a decade longer, right? I mean, twenty years, something like that. Yeah, well, Chris, you started. Did you start off with the Basement Boys? Was that your first collective, or did you? My do- second collective. First was Unruly with the base, the the, the Baltimore club stuff. <laughs> and then I moved on to Basement Boys because basically Unruly was my cutting my teeth production wise because I always wanted to be at Basement Boys but I always felt like I'm not experienced enough so I worked on my game and finally I said you know let me holler at Spin and see what he thinks and I just kept getting on him let me do a drum track let me do a drum track and finally it happened and from that point on I was with Basement Boys.
I remember I was running Talking Loud at one, well, during the 90s and I remember there was two remix teams. We were like, we just regarded them as they'll never do a remix for us and we didn't even dare ask, I don't think, but we might well have done. I remember there was Steve Silk Hurley. I always really wanted a mix from him and I never got one from him and I always wanted one from the Basement Boys. Oh, I never got one. You should have asked, man. <laughs> I was like, oh no, they're, too, they're just too big. And I mean, we did actually ask Outcast to do a remix for us, believe it or not. Cause I almost, I, even though it's completely different music and stuff, I, was, I just regarded there were certain names that were just like out of space out you know just amazing so anyway I'm pleased that you're here and that you managed to so you did the Baltimore thing and mm-hmm. then you when did you become Charisma what, what made that happen uh, Charisma came about let's see I think I was still in school then and my oh this is so bad my first name was um, Justin Human because I I sung dance um, acted did everything in school because like that was my way of not getting teased because I really didn't dress that well. So it was just like, how can I make myself popular? Not, it's not not teased as much. So let me DJ and all these things to try to keep people off of the fact that you know I don't have the clothes. So I, I just used my talent basically to get me through high school. But I was Chris, I was crispy deaf then. Justin Human, yeah, because everybody was beat up back in the day, or icy, or hot. So, <laughs> you know, and then I thought of okay, in high school, I was, you know, with the girls, the punks, the the, the drug dealers, everybody. It takes somebody special to be able to have this communication with all these groups and still be cool. Charisma, hmm. Close to my government name, that'll work. So that's when I became Charisma, like around when I was sixteen. Wow. And you've made th- how many albums have you done now? Three albums, three, three albums, official yes. albums, mm-hmm. and so this brand new one, which is just it's, again, it's it's packed full of music. I mean, you've been kind of less visible of late mm-hmm. the last year or so, a couple of years. Is it because you've been spending all that time working on this? It was it was that, and the fact that you know I really was going to walk away from music, you know. Um, we spoke at uh, at Worldwide earlier in the year, and when we spoke, I was in that dark place of, I don't think I should do it anymore, I don't see the point, I'm not making a difference, all this stuff is coming out, and you know, when you get posts from on Twitter and SoundCloud that this is the new sound, and you listen to it, it's like, oh my god, really? 300,000 people like that? What... What am I doing then? You know, am I even making a difference? I'm 43. Um, I don't necessarily want to be wasting my time. You know, I got my family looking at me like, okay, what are you doing? You know, these are things you think about. So I was going to walk away from it. And after three months, I walked down in the basement and I started the first song and that became the album. It was just a constant process of me going, okay, I can do this. Okay. Okay. 
Today is going to be this sample And that's going to be the record It was no, okay, it, I shouldn't sample this Or I shouldn't do this It was like, this is what it is Every day And basically, three months of my life is this album So it's this year, you made mm-hmm. it this year mm-hmm. After sort of March, April mm-hmm. You went in and did this So you were that far from Or that close from getting out of the game Yeah, I was done Maybe you, do you go through that? I mean, I, I'm done every year once for at least a few weeks. <laughs> but was this the real done-done? No, this was the real done-done. Like, <laughs> you know, it was it was one of those things of like, what are you doing, man? Like, these kids are killing it. And, you know, are you relative? Because I think um, as an artist, that's one of the things that you kind of hope that you are. You're relevant and that you're kind of, you know, at least to me, making a difference. And my thing was, okay... If I get out of it, then I'm not making a difference. I'm I'm just as bad as the one standing on the side or making the bad music. So if I don't stand, then I'm just as bad as everybody else. So I'm in it. You know, I'm going to do it to death. That's it. imagine life without you i mean the thing as well with you is that you've you know same as martin at jazz you've made some music which is um your sound you've created um, a beat a rhythm which uh is already a step uh, ahead of most 99.9 percent of producers because you know you've got that to start off with and the fact that you've got this constant approach to making something that is unique um, which is difficult in the world of dance music, I assume, because it's you know we're restricted by the power of the four-four, the beat, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you've got there's rules and regulations, and so the fact is with you two, and again with you, Martin, back to um, the days of Sonar Collective, and mm-hmm. all the Europeans were always saying the number one producer in the UK, sound-wise, feel-wise, is Martin at Jazz, and you know your sounds and your productions from back then still sound magnificent mm-hmm. today. I mean, in a way, this. Remix album you've just done. I mean, it doesn't go that far back, does it? But I mean, there's some uh, 13 years, I think. I think the, the earliest one, and there's the Bob Sinclair yeah. ghetto. I was a, such a huge yellow fan. Yeah, I used to go to their office and I was starstruck. I couldn't really speak. <laughs> People <laughs> forget <laughs> who they were. <laughs> yeah. 
They made some good records, didn't they? Yellow production. Mighty Bop. It was yeah. all about the Mighty Bop for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was just NPC. some music together you two by the way we've got two out yeah. already one is called um, Looking at Blue which is on R2 um, that's got a remix by myself and then we've got another one on my label 
called One Beat Two Feet and that's got a remix by myself and then we've been talking about doing an album together but we don't want to release an album we like messing around too much it keeps everything really fresh doesn't it you know you'd never get stagnant so as long as the technology holds up do you ever go through moments of I want to give up have you had that yeah I mean I've, I've I think it was about a year and a half ago I decided that I was going to stop remixing mm. completely dead stop remixing and I've done a fair few interviews recently and people have asked me about the remixing game and I'm a dad now and I want to be able to look after my son in the future and remixing is never going to do that because you get paid a fee you're done see you later so that's kind of the main hit point for me when I thought oh god how do I continue in this world doing what I'm doing because I can't just remix everyone's music for the rest of my life because that's what I'm going to get typecast as so yeah but not to give up because I always I always see a light I think there's always something to do um, and this, and as soon as you hit that low point all of a sudden you start getting lifted back up again I don't know what it is when it's energies music. whatever music music helps Just it just keeps pulling you forward doesn't yeah. it um, so yeah it, it's just that that's it so I've never really wanted to give up but it just get hard sometimes Down the street, looking at it, 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 looking at it,
I want to ask you as well about your travels because uh, even though you know it's that's the, the course for any um, forward-thinking producer or artist, whether it's the jazz guys, you know, a lot of them didn't really get the props at the time. But I feel that the more you maintain, the more you do get your respect, as is certainly happening with you guys. And I get the feeling that you're getting a lot of, you're certainly getting a lot more work um, abroad, Martin. Mm-hmm. Aren't you? as that jazz and this whole South Africa thing yeah. um, has blown me away a little bit because it's a whole I don't think people really realise what's going on until you go there you don't mm. you do not know um, my first experience you're the Rodigan aren't you over there you're the white guy who <laughs> yeah. goes and plays in Johannesburg <laughs> yeah, exactly and, gets and the... I jump around and I'm bald <laughs> it's all there <laughs> it's good um these it, are big it, raves, big parties. They are. It, um, it's freaky, man. It's it's for an Englishman to go into South Africa and be in a township and you've got like 800,000 people screaming at you. It's, it's quite intense. Not 800,000, you mean 800 to 1,000? Or 800,000? No, no, it was 800 to 1,000. <laughs> 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 I don't think I'd actually do the gig, I'd be too scared. Um yeah, you know, you turn up. I, I, my friend Gobbs drove me around in South Africa, and, and he pulled up at this gig at House Twenty Two, and people started walking towards the car, and I was like, "Whoa, that's a bit." And they were they were coming to shake my hand and want me to sign their shirts, all this kind of stuff. And Gobbs just bundled me through the crowd. It was really difficult to move around. I'd never experienced anything like that in my life, and I had to stay behind the decks all night, or I would get totally. Run over by and people. musically, the the what's the tempo that really was? It's, it's a, sort of. I the, mean, it's you know, 120, 125 even. You yeah. can play a house. You what's play. a classic record over there that you hear on the radio all the time? I mean, a classic record. I don't think the classic. I think people keep up to date with stuff as well. That's not you know when I went there the first time, I had a massive remix again, a remix, someone else's song mm. in the in, in a, play, a playlist on the radio. Got there, they turned the radio on, it's on there. But Ralph Gum had an amazing record with Monique Bingham. Um, that was just, that's got to be one of the biggest songs ever, dance songs ever released in South Africa. It was absolutely huge. If you ever, if, if people heard the first drum beat, like, boom, they knew what it was. And they were, ah, my God, it's happening again. You know, they just get such a rush off it. So it, they definitely keep up with the times. And the classics are only, what, five years old? Prove it, baby, grown enough to know 
mainstream radio mm. that people are hearing all over the place is playing house music on daytime and putting it on the playlist. Yep, every day. Yeah. I mean, some of them have their house days, some of them have their quite old days, all that kind of thing. You know, they swap it around a bit like um, YFM has House Friday with uh, just Mo, and you'll just play house all day. And that's just incredible. Like Metro FM play house all the time. What about you, Chris, with regards to your travels? Where do you enjoy going to the most? Where do you get the best kind of when you come out of the venue, you go, yeah, I'm really glad I do what I do? Where do you get your lift? Um, I would have to say home and then Japan. Like Japan just always gives it for me. So I've, I've been lucky, you know, like I always tend to think that, you know, I'm not good enough. I think that's what my, my thing is. I always think I'm not as good as I should be and I always can work harder. So like anytime that people have said I've had that gig in my head, it's like, no, I didn't. Because I got to do better. So for me, Japan and playing at home always gives me the lift I need. You know, I just love it. I'll tell you, both of you, um, I just watched you doing that mix and it makes me not want to DJ anymore because you're so... My, you guys are on such another level. It's amazing to hear you and to watch you play. It's art and uh, the, both the records are really amazing. And uh, I want to hear some more stuff from the two of you. And uh, don't stop just yet. <laughs> no, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm in it. Thank you. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you, man. man.